All right, all right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Let's Boogie one-on-one show right here on Fresh Nation Radio. We are back again, and we are so grateful, glad to be here, to spend some time with you, to entertain you, to make you laugh, to give you some information. We're just so, so, so glad to be here on another episode. We are on Fresh Nation Radio. We come on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., 10 a.m. on Fresh Nation Radio. It's a new internet digital radio station. Tell a friend. And we post links all over social media. It's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and we are also on every social media platform you can imagine. There's a good one called Podcaster. There's also one called Podbean. Just check us out. We have a YouTube page uh, on uh, YouTube. We have a Facebook page, which is the Let's Boogie one-on-one page. We also have Fresh Nation on Facebook. And my name is Les Boogie Jones on Facebook. So you can catch us. You can catch the links but we have some surprises here tonight for you. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have a good time, y'all. We'll have a good time. I've got some people in the, in the building with me that's going to hold me down. The team is in the building, and we got a new addition. But before we get to that, before we get to that, let me just let me just say this. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If, you're, if you know who we are, well, welcome to you as well. We want to introduce ourselves to those that don't know us and reintroduce ourselves to those who do. And that, with that being said, I'm going to pass it over to my man. Now, this cat, this cat is holding me down for a minute now. He goes by the name of Comedian Tattletail. What's going on, brother? <laughs> How y'all doing out there? I'm feeling good about myself. Feeling good. Your self-esteem is like 10 feet tall. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everybody in Radio Land, Television Land, Never Never Land, Wonderland, y'all gonna have a good time with us tonight. I'm feeling myself and smelling myself. Woo, yes, Lord, I feel good. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> okay, but I'm gonna I'm let you do the honors, brother. I'm gonna let you do the honors, you know, because you found our new co host. You found our new co host, and I'm gonna let you do the honors, brother. Let's, let's, Ooh, let's wow. Let me tell you something. It is a pleasure, a privilege, an honor to bring my adopted little sister. We've been in the business for so long together, working together like forever. And now here she is. I can't get rid of her because she a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Dahlia Manette. Right, all right. Hey, 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 hey. Right, all right, all right. <laughs> welcome, welcome, I don't welcome. Know how to take that. Welcome, <laughs> to <laughs> welcome to our to this crazy show. Welcome to the crazy well, show. Well, thank you. I am all excited right. to be here. All right. This going to wow, be a blast. Looking, looking fabulous. Looking fabulous. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love it. I love it. I Unlike Tattletale, I did take a bath. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll need some yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can take yeah. one now. This one is out of control. <laughs> wow. So, so listen. Now, tell us, you know, you have a you have an a interesting background. Give us some history on you so the people know who you are and they'll understand why you've come to join us and, and what have you, because, you know, we interviewed you as a guest, right? as a guest. And it was very intriguing and you brought some real, real good things to, to the mm-hmm. table. And you were the, the choice to step in as co-host, man. So just let the people know a little bit about who you are. I, it is a privilege to be here. Like I said, I started out as a singer. I started out as a classical singer. Um, went to Queens College, got a dual degree in voice, uh, studied under Jimmy Heath and Donald Byrd, mm. got out there, started doing jazz, which is how I met Tattletale. We started wow. 
grooving together. He started managing me. Um, from there, when I decided to step away from the stage for a while, I started my own management company. And now I manage up and coming jazz artists. And some, I do have a um, old school, I'll say a legend in, okay. in our boutique. And just working, I, I come from a musical family. I come from musical legacy. Um, I actually learned the music side of the business side of music from my brother Farid Hawk. Um, and he was groomed by um, the gentleman, uh, I forget what his name is, but they call him the Godfather. And okay. the Black Godfather. If you if you've ever watched Netflix, he's on there. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I am horrible with names, but I'll I'll try to remember what his name is. From there, I went out on the road with Najee, my other brother. He's our oldest brother, and started as a road as a roadie, became a road manager, um, then you know morphed my company, Staccato Management, into a, an entertainment uh, management company. And just been working on there. I also have a day job as a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion um, oh. over North America and Canada, one of the biggest organizations in the world. Number one top employer called Saint Coban. If you've never heard of them, they you would know them if you are a DIY person or you went to Home Depot a lot or you went to Lowe's or just you know decided to get new roofing. Um, one of their biggest brands is called Certainteed, and I work with 16,000 employees, just making sure that they are represented correctly in the really? organization. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Wow. And so um, here I am. I do everything. <laughs> I see. I see that. Uh, that. That gentleman's name is Clarence Avon. Clarence Avon. Yes. Right. I, I see. I knew my my brain when it comes to names kind of shuts mm -hmm. down. Tattletale knows that because I've always inched up next to him and said, what was their name again? <laughs> I am terrible, but I can tell you things about them. So Clarence Avon, yes. Right, mm -hmm. he's, he's the godfather, that's for real. So, yes, he so really Fareed is. was his mentee and I'm Fareed's mentee. We, I talk to him almost every day about what is going on with my business, what is going on with me professionally, you know, besides being my big brother. Mm -hmm. um, and I have learned so much about the industry that many people do not know or understand. And, and that's one of the things that I bring to the artists that I work with. Okay. Is I'm very transparent. I'm very real, um, and I'm going to tell you the truth without trying to hurt your ego because I wouldn't have taken you on if you were not talented. So wow. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's better. It's better that way. You know, the fool. Exactly. Yeah, it's better to tell the truth. You don't fool anybody. They don't fool themselves because mm -hmm. if you don't have it, you just don't have it. Especially on the professional level, you have to be able to. Um, compete, number one. Mm -hmm. You got to be to compete. You got to be bankable. You got to be somebody that exactly. people want to see. You know, why waste your time? There's nothing wrong with um, enjoying <laughs> performing. But if you're talking yeah. about levels, if you're talking about levels, there are certain levels. There are levels for each person. Everybody's not at the top. Everybody's not at the bottom. So you got to try to fit in where you can. There's some people yeah. that'll be, you know, loud singers for the rest of their lives, and that's okay. That's okay. If they're happy with that, that's yeah. That's you know, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and knowing what your limits are and knowing where you want to go realistically, that is a great thing. And you may not be the one to be a superstar, mm -hmm. but you could be the one banking more money than a superstar, believe That's it right. or not. I mean, you know, Babyface, for example, he never has to sing. He sings because he just wants to get up on stage. But right. the people that he has written for, produced, worked with, 
have made him rich. There's a check I'm sure he's getting in the mail every single day from something he's done. Yeah. And there is the business side of music that many people don't learn. And that's what I'm here to impart to a lot of artists is what's your other revenue stream? Okay. Makes sense. Now, let me ask you a question, me and you brought that up. What would be one of the, or a few, a few things that you would tell someone on the business side when you're talking about they don't know, what is one of the most important couple of things that they need to know in terms of being an artist? Well, besides perfecting your craft, which is the music side, mm -hmm. you have to know what you're spending your money on. And you have to spend money. There is nobody out there that's going to discover you and all of a sudden you're a star. That just does not happen. Thank you. If you're in a machine and they tell you how to dress, how to walk, how to sing, they control your money. But if you control your money, which is what you should be doing, you already know who you are. You know what your limitations are. You know where you need to go and you know when to step away because it may not be for you. Um, and, and I'll give examples. You know, a lot of these artists, these musicians, I won't refer to actors and actresses because it's the same story. Mm. A lot of these mu artists that maybe started when they were 15, they were controlled. There was a machine. Many of them, now they're in their 20s and 30s, have mental health issues, have bankruptcy issues, don't know where their money is, or someone else is their executor or however, a trustee, I'm sorry. Um, and it's because people did not take the time to teach them. They didn't give them the time to grow up and mature like they should. Um, and they let every other body, well, their parents or whomever, control them. You know, when I'm dealing with artists and there's money coming in and I tell them this is my fee, we right. could do it one of two ways. I could take my fee from the top and send you your money or you could get the money direct and I'm sending you a bill. But you have to know where your money is going to. And that means your social media. That means the way you dress and style yourself, mm -hmm. the publicists, your managers, the record label, what it means when you get an advance. It does not mean you take that money and go and buy a house. It means you invest <laughs> in that album that you were signed to do. And know that if you did a 100% deal where you are under the label, they own you. And they're right. going to tell you what to do. And there's a difference between a record label that you're signed with and a distribution deal. Those are two different things. And I try to make sure that they understand that. And I have negotiated record label deals. I've negotiated distribution deals. And they're two different things. And it's two different revenues and streams of money. I'd rather, well, excuse me, Tattletail. Um, I'd rather an artist do a distribution deal and handle everything themselves than actually sign with a record label. But it really is up to them. There are pros and cons to each. Okay, do this, do, do this for us. Break down the difference between the two. The distribution deal is the record label will only be concerned with getting the music out there on this different music platforms. Mm -hmm. Um they will charge you for every single CD that you buy. You, so if a CD would normally cost $20 on retail, mm -hmm. you may buy it for $17. Um, and then you have to sell it yourself. 
Right. They are not mm-hmm. responsible for interviews that you do. They're not responsible for concerts you do. They're not responsible for booking you anywhere or getting you booking agents, nothing like that. Their only concern is to make sure those the record is downloaded and the CDs are selling. That's all they concern themselves about. Right. Now, yeah. if you sign as an artist on a record label, it is a machine. They have your publicists, your booking agents, everything, the, the, the time that you spend in their studios, their, everything. And so it costs money. They gave right. you an advance. Your advance may be $50,000. That is to pay for the musicians to come in, your producers to come in. You're not going to get another advance on that album. All of those things have to be taken care of. And guess what? When the money starts coming in, that has to be paid back. That's a loan. That's right. It has to be paid back. You still got to pay all those people that they employed to help you make a career. Those people have to be paid. Now, you can go and do a distribution deal and get your own publicist. You can go and get your own recording studio. You can go and get all of those things yourself. And nine times out of ten, it's a lot cheaper than working with the, the record label. But again, it is your own decision. One, they control you. You just do what they tell you to do. You be where they want you to be. Two, you have to do the work. But in the long run, you can own your masters, which is a revenue stream for the rest of your life in perpetuity. You own your brand and yourself. I'd rather do the distribution deal. I Mm -hmm. always recommend it. Or if you really feel like you need to be in a record label, you you have to understand the contract. Because some record labels will lock you in for 10 albums, some record labels, five albums, some record labels, you know, seven albums. Um, I try to negotiate for three with a possible fourth. Um, And that's because your feelings may change as you age about how you feel about your representation. They're not going to want that. They're going to want you to do the same thing. If this album you sold and it went gold, they want you to do the same kind of album again. They don't want you to grow. Right, they wanted right, to do right. to continually work at that pace mm-hmm. with that kind of music over and over again. It mm-hmm. becomes formulaic to them. It's about the dollars and cents to them. Right. An independent artist, you can experiment. You have social media and you can turn out new music and ask people, what do you think? Or this is how I'm feeling for this album. I wanted to stretch how I was thinking when I wrote these songs. So you really had to decide what is best for you? So, mm. so, so you know, um, <clears throat> a three sixty deal. A three sixty. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? It is, and <clears throat> I don't do three sixty deals. I'm gonna be honest. I don't recommend it for anybody. Um, it can be devastating for an artist. In the long run, I, I don't, I won't do it. I don't even <laughs> entertain it. And I'll talk it out with them and give them reasons why to do it or not do it. Yeah. Um. I I would <clears throat> rather have, to be honest, I'd rather have independent artists. Mm-hmm. And when you make money, your money is yours. It's yours. And in this era, do you really need record labels like you did back before? That's that's was my next I was segueing to that as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
I have, I have a mix of emotions about it because if you're not prepared, mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing, a record label with the right deal, with the, with the right deal, naturally, mm-hmm. is is a super bonus because they do have a machine. But it depends on what you have to give in order to use that machine. Exactly. Because people use this example, oh, you know, a chance to rapper, he did it on his own and all this other stuff. But how many chance to rappers are there in this world? He's exactly. an example. He's a he's a you know one in a few. How many people mm-hmm. actually become super successful doing it on their own? Because nothing you do, I don't care it's music, whatever you do, you need a team. You need to have that in place. Mm-hmm. Sound advice, people that know social media. You're talking about today's landscape, you're talking right. about a totally different machine than what it used to be, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Records are not selling. There's no more albums. Right. There's no more buy the complete CD. There's hand-picked pieces of material from your project. Oh, I like this single, number three. I like number 10. I'll download those two, and I'll give 99 cents, and that's it. Yep. The, problem, the problem that people, artists, there's two things going on that, I, that I've noticed. The minute they hear their record played on the radio, I'm rich. Where's my money? You know what I'm saying? Where's my money? What they don't understand is that it's pennies on the dollar with this streaming. Streaming Mm -hmm. is pennies Mm -hmm. on the dollars. You're not going to get platinum albums anymore unless you are super duper 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 star. There are no more platinum albums, not even gold albums anymore. Yeah. And what people need to understand, and this is what I try to explain to people that I know, because we manage a few people and we also have a small record label. <coughs> you need to get out, get a killer show, get a killer live show and take your show on the road. Absolutely. That's where you Absolutely. make your money. Now you talked about being able to control your own money. Well, that's mm-hmm. one way of doing it, but you have to invest in that show in order for people to want to see that show. So the exactly. reputation will precede you where you are now in a place where say, hey, man, I saw I saw the Les Boogie show, man, this dude. Oh, my God, you got to see this guy. Right. But if you don't have a great show or if you don't have things in place, how are you going to go? Like you said, invest mm-hmm. in your yourself. That 50000 that they give you, this is another yeah. problem. And this is with rappers a lot. Mm-hmm. That's not your money. Exactly. <laughs> you it's said invest, and I'm, I'm going to use that. That money is to be used to invest in the product that they are paying you to present, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. produce. Take that money and go use it and buy the best that you can get from what they gave you. Now, of course, you're going to take a little something put in your pocket. But at the end of the day, if your project is not stellar, if your project is not A, A number one, and the best that you could have gotten, it, the best producers, the best studios, the best songs, the best background singers, the best musicians on your project, and you you want to take 10000 out of the 50 and, and bring back a product, so but look what I got. These people are not stupid. And then you're going nope. to lose your help on them money. Going to end up mm-hmm. their money, but see there what happens. There's many an artist that has mm-hmm. the end of a record deal contract have owed close to a million dollars to some yes. of these labels. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I I personally know of people who left labels owing money and having to declare bankruptcy because there was just no way they were going to be able to pay that back. 
right. or getting a good lawyer that kind of took the contract and said this was signed and duress or whatever they call it and get these people out of a contract. But what's ended up happening is they lose their master. They have nothing for those albums, but at least they don't owe anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the and let's just go back to your three sixty deal and and I, I can't I could never tell an artist to do something like that because again now not only do your they own your masters because when you sign with a record label they really want to give up your masters they are a percentage of every single thing you do whether it is an endorsement they're going to own it a percentage of it True. whether you do a huge concert when you filled up this this auditorium with over five or six thousand people you get a small percentage of that so it's it's like you become that money cart for them and you keep going and you going and you going because now they don't have control that you don't have control to say, I need to take off every weekend in a month to just relax, go home, be with my family before I go out on the road again. Right. They're going to tell you, no, we need to fill up these weekends because we need to make our money. That's right. And it is a nonstop tour. That's right. It is the most horrible deal that I could think of for an artist to sign on because it sounds great in the beginning that all you have to do is sit there and let them do the work. That sounds fantastic, but you're not looking at the full picture. Right, right. They're going to run you down. That's right. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask both of you a question. Now, let's play devil's advocate. I'm the record label, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, man, I'm going to make you a star. Mm-hmm. I have the mechanism, the machine. I have everything you need to put you where you want to be in terms of your popularity and your and your fame. Right. Now, but what I want from you, if I do all of this, you're going to owe me. You're going to owe me. You're going to have to pay me. I'm going to have to make my money. And I'm letting you know this up front. Mm-hmm. That this is what's going to happen. You're going to be able to have videos you want done. The publicity machine is working. The best studios, best producers. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm footing that bill, right? It's coming out of my pocket. So we get, we're clear on that. So now, if you take that deal, if one takes that deal, is it wrong for the record label to fulfill what they told you they would fulfill and ask for what they told you they wanted from you, but you agreed to it? Right, right. See, this is what this is what a lot of them do. It, and and there's a good thing about that is nine times out of ten that that contract because you better get a contract. Mm-hmm. Number two, you before you even sign on, you need to get that to your manager and you need to get that to a lawyer. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. the first thing they will do is they will, I would hope a good manager does <coughs> go through that contract by paragraph and really look at it and take it out. How much money, and there's a way to have it all down there. So if I get a contract for a a record label and I'm reading through this and you say you're gonna foot the bill for everything, how is that gonna work? Are you gonna take your money up front from every single sale, from every single thing? So if my CD costs $20, you're gonna get that $20 until I pay you back everything that you spent or which is a better um, alternative for you? 
you get a percentage of each sale so that right. I'm still able to take home some money. Right. It depends right. on how the contract is written. Most right. times, the record label will take the whole thing up front. Now, the bad thing about that is that they got to keep putting out money because, you know, you still have no money because they're taking their money back to put you back out there on the road or whatever it is. They're still going to get their money off the top. At right. the end of that album, at the end of that big swing of music, you probably cleared $40,000. That's poverty. A okay, good contract so, so. would state you'll, the record label will be able to get 20% of each record sale. You get 80%. So that it breaks it down like that. So they have to keep working to get their money, but they're getting their money in a percentage. Okay, so now now once once that once they get their money back, I think it depends on how long it takes them to get their money back. Right. What happens after that money, according to the contract, you're right, contracts definitely you don't sign a contract without somebody that, that knows what they're doing looking at the contract. That just doesn't happen. Right. You know, um, well, it happens, but it should happen. It still happens. It you happens know, all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. I know you check this out. I know I know some people, I'm not gonna mention their names, that are famous people that have records out from way back in the day, and it was a group. Mm-hmm. Five of them, major hits. Yep. They turned around and they explained their money situation. They were on tour. They opened up for this one. Was with that one? Did all kinds of things. And the biggest payday they ever had individually was sixty thousand dollars a piece. Yes. Yeah. Because it, they had a deal. They had a three sixty deal. So the record label was in the concerts getting their money. The record label was in their endorsements, getting their money. The record label was in ticket sales, getting their money, everything. A good lawyer would tell them the record label can only take from the, from the, the, the sales, that, the, the CD sales or the record sales that you have sold. Mm-hmm. Concerts is where you make your money away right. from the record label. And that should not be going to a record label. But if you do a 360 deal, oh. they're going to take part of that too because you got a bill. Okay, so let me let me answer this two titles and both of y'all again. If your records are not selling, say somebody puts the money out, the rec- the label puts the money out, but your records are not selling, should the record label have to take the loss? Yes. Well, you yeah, yes. you know what it is? It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 all about it's all about the marketing. You know, the there, there are a lot of artists that can all man because could just. Just, just sing, 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 sing well, perform well, but they weren't marketed properly, and that's the whole thing. That's be marketed properly, and uh, believe it or not, uh, back in the nineteen nineties, when me and Daya was a team, we were approached by two small record labels, and but we had a lawyer, and uh, our lawyer went over it, no, and we didn't sign either one of those uh, contracts. Yep, and they were shocked when we came to the meeting and when I showed up there with my lawyer. They were like, oh, well, we didn't know you had a lawyer. <laughs> Which is, it sounds silly, but go ahead. <laughs> Y'all are grown people. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> um, there, there were so many artists that weren't marketed properly and their record sales didn't do well. Right. But, they, but, you know, but in contrast, they sound, they sound phenomenal. They just weren't mm-hmm. marketed properly. 
And there's some today, you know, that are like incredible. But it's the whole thing is about the marketing. And when that happens, they will take the loss. What they'll do, they won't renew the contract. Of course, of course. But let me ask you this as a comedian. Comedy, you know, what is... What is a, a good, uh, what type of deal do comics get in terms, because they're not singing, they're not putting out albums on a consistent, you know, like some of the, of course, the Bill Cosby, all these different people did albums back in the day. What are comedians doing in terms of uh, moving ahead in their careers? What is what is the catalyst for a comedian to become for, a for a comedian, what you want to do, you want to work hard and get yourself on a sitcom if possible, all right? Because with a sitcom, you're gonna you gonna you gonna make that money every week. You're gonna make that money uh, until the show goes on to hiatus and it comes back the next season. Uh, movie deals are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Um, if you're if you say some say you like somebody like Kevin Hart and say Disney comes to you and they might offer you like a say like a a ten picture deal or whatever. All right. And um, basically, you're going to be given the script. All right. You're going to be given the script. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, that, that's how it goes. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah, but what about what about the, I'm not going to say average. What about the, the comedian that does not have those, like a working comedian that has to go out on the road? You know, um, there's a lot of comedians out here. There's a lot of competition. What would you tell that person? What, what does that person do? To, to make their money. Do comedians well, make money? The average comedian on the circuit, is he making money? Well, I, I this is what I say to comedians. One number one, you gotta remember this is this is show business. It's show business. And being that you're a comedian, you're your brand, you're the product. And when you go to a store to buy something, that number one, that product has to be attractive. It has to be attractive to the eye. You know, uh, me myself, I dress a certain way on stage. I want I want you to see that I I I look like I belong up there. Number one, all right, you will look like you belong up there. Number number two, you have to practice your material, all right. You have to constantly write, and the best material is something that has happened to you, something that you have seen or something that you heard. Say something you saw something in, in a movie, you know, and it's funny. You apply it to yourself and you take the joke and you just, you know, you exaggerate the joke. But on the road, you have to constantly work. Me, myself, I don't like the idea of palling around with other people. All right. Um, if you see the people that actually made and became superstars, they weren't palling around with nobody. You know, they were respecting. They saw you. Hey, what's up? How you doing? But they weren't palling around with nobody. It don't work that way. Comedy comedy is not a is not a buddy system. It's not a buddy system. And a lot of guys make that mistake because, number one, when you start hanging around with the same people all the time, all the time, what happens, you start sounding alike. They use your material, use the name material, and, and, and now you become, you become generic. There's, there's, there's nothing special about you. I see. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it's 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 funny because a lot of people, you know, entertainment, entertainment is a, is a business. We know that, right? We know that. Now, the people that are behind the scenes, 
kind of understand that, but a lot of artists do not understand how this thing goes, man. They really don't, even the, even in season ones, they don't really understand how this goes. Now, there's nothing. What do y'all think about this? This is a conversation we have all the time, and I think now you one when you are a guest, I brought it up as well, and I'm still on that. The fees that are charged for a promoter to hire someone has changed. It has changed. It has went up in 2023, opposed to what it used to be. Now, of course, things change and everybody gets a, a raise. That's not my issue. My issue is when you're doubling and triple up, tripling up your fees to what they used to be. Let me give you an example. Somebody was 5000 back in 2020 and now they want 10000 Yes. How does that? I can't justify that as a promoter. I just can't do that. I can't. <laughs> Anybody can answer that question. Yes. Okay. When we first came out of COVID, was the best time to book a show because people just needed to work, and so they were taking cuts in pay. However, you have to artists have to increase their prices because promoters do not pay for air flights. Um, they don't pay for the whole band to come, but yet they want a live show. So when, you know, I get a call for an artist and they're saying, well, what is the fee? We've already factored in what it would cost to bring five people from wherever they're coming from on a round trip ticket to wherever they're performing to. Of course, some artists may have, I call them regional bands because they know so many musicians they can say, I can get three people here and I can get three people here. They're all in driving distance. Right. Um, but you have to think about what is the expense to get the artist there? So 5000 in 2020 is not going to cut it in 2023. Everything has gone up and the artist has to sink that. There are times where a promoter will have to um, do the hotel and ground and there are times where the promoter says, no, you have to carry that. So now you're asking the artist to pay for flights, hotel, ground transportation, and you want a live show. So, all right, we're going to, you know, price out what the hotel costs, price out what the airlines cost, price out what it's going to take to get them to and from the airport to the venues. And those have to be factor in as well, as well as with their price. So now that $5,000 that was would been able to cover everything in 2020 has now increased to $10,000 in 2023. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I understand that. I, I totally understand that. I get that. So naturally, when I when I uh, negotiate a deal with anybody, I'm doing either an all-in, mm -hmm. because that's always factored in. If you want somebody to travel from one place to the next, you got to pay them or they're not being hired. Mm -hmm. that, that's how I do it. They're not being hired. You're not just hiring Glenn Jones and, you know, just things that come along with that. So, yes, I do understand that that fee is encompassed all of that that you're talking about. But I'm talking about when when the artist is right here in the same town you're in. Right here in the same town. Right down the block. And they're using local musicians? And they're using well, local musicians, or <laughs> you're providing those musicians for them, right. and they were five thousand. Now they want ten thousand, and they're giving me the same songs that they sang thirty years ago. We well, now, so now, now check, this out. Now, check like this out, right? But... Now, check this out. <laughs> I understand. I get it, but I'm a seasoned 
promoter pro right. with this thing. I've been doing this a long time. I didn't hide everybody, right? Right. Well, you know, I'm I, not I, trying I don't want to speak them. for. Huh? I don't want to speak for anyone else that I don't represent. Yeah. Um, and so I can only speak for the artists that I do represent. If they're in the same town, and it is reasonable to bring down the price, most most times the artists will. They will say, okay, this is my town. My band is in this town. We don't have to do 15, 20,000. I'll do it for 10. Right. Okay. I'll say, that. does that include my fee? Because remember, okay. I Absolutely. So, so not always, not always do they factor in that. I have to keep reminding people, let's put in the 10% on top of what you want to take home. So if you're good with 10,000, and you normally charge twenty, but because it's in your hometown, you want to take ten thousand. I'm still going to get my ten percent on that ten thousand. So should, we got to put that in. Yes, we got to put that in because guess what? Yes. You still got a contract. That's I still right. got to review that contract. I still got to, you know, for me, I advance their riders. Um, I advance their rooming list. Most managers don't do that. They usually shove it off to your production person. I'll do all of that for you because then I'm making sure that everything is there when it's supposed to be. Um, it, it really does warrant a conversation with your manager and them and discussing how this is gonna work. Some artists have a set price and it's gonna be that and that's it. I don't care where I'm performing. I don't care who am I doing it for. This is the price and it is what it is. Right, understand, understood. Um, Another thing, a part of that too is this now. When you're 10%, mm -hmm. the booking agent, whatever, manager, that 10% or whatever, 10, 15, whatever it might be, when a promoter says, hey, I'm use a number 10,000, mm -hmm. and the artist wants 10,000, yep. right? And the artist wants 10,000, and the promoter's not budging. Artist wants to do the show, but they have a problem giving you that percentage from that ten thousand. I'm now, taking that percentage because you still, I'm still doing the same work. Well, no, I understand that yeah. you're gonna you're gonna take the money, but why should they have a problem with that if you're doing the work? It's part, like you said, this is your agreement. Exactly. Don't tell me, oh, you got to get it from, get it from the promoter, or make sure you get that from the promoter. Because I've seen that happen as well, where they, that they kind of yeah. push you to do that because they really didn't want to give up that 10% from their The manager own. has to constantly remind them. And yeah. that's the thing that we have to do. We have to take on. The manager has to constantly remind them. Now, now let me explain something. In my contracts, I take 20%, period. 20%. That is the going rate for managers now. Absolutely. For me... If I get a, get you a booking agent and that booking agent is consistently getting you work, I'll take 10%. You split. Because, right, because a booking agent gets 10%. Booking agent only gets 10%. There are managers who will still take 20% and the booking agent gets 10%. I am not here to run any artist bankrupt. I can take half of that. That 20% that, that is commission. If I go out there and I find you a show and I get you booked in there, I am entitled to that 10% as a booking agent and my 10% as, as a manager, oh. which is why I have in my contracts, I get 20%. Okay, now, it's funny you bring that up. Another point of, of 
of issues. Is that a conflict of interest? Being For, the booking yes, manager? it can be in some states. A, book, a manager is not a booking agent, and it can be a conflict of interest. I prefer for a booking agent to do their job as a booking agent, and I do work with a lot of booking agents. There are some states that could care less. How the people get there is how the people get there. Um, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> it really yeah, because is. you know what? I've had, uh, had an artist, oh, you know, that, that's a conflict. It is. Conflict was this. Conflict was if you're the record label, you can't be the booking agent as well. Mm -hmm. That's a conflict. But what I say to them is, well, as the record label, how how we get? Tell me, tell me how we're getting our money back. If you're not a a, a big star, if you're not a big, if you don't have a a, a a a road trip going on and what have you. How does the record label get their money back? If if they go out and they make not only put your music out, but they make an effort to get you shows as well. Why are they not entitled to be able to get some of that money back from getting you shows? Y'all can answer that. If they if they've gotten you shows, um, it's because they want to get their money back. Exactly. They don't get a percentage unless you sign a 360 deal. So they want to get you shows. They want to make sure that you're being heard. It is usually when a record label gets you something, it is because they want your exposure out there. They want to give you exposures. I've had artists who the record label say, listen, I've booked you for Seabreeze Jazz Festival, but they can only pay you $2,500. I'm looking at you crazy like, uh, hello? And... He's, you know, and they'll, they'll say, well, I need to do this. It is the Rising Star, which is featured. And they do. Seabreeze does a fantastic job of spotlighting Rising Stars. It's it, I, The record label got it for me. I want to do it. I said, okay. Well, you know, we, we won't. And, and this is me because, one, I'm not trying to run you broke. But, again, I'm going to run down the things. Listen. Since the record label did this, I'm not going to review any contracts because the record label handled that. I'm, I'm, I'm out of this part of it. However, because I have a logistics branch side of my business and you still want me to advance, you still want me to send work, book the airlines because there is a part of my business that does that. You still got to pay that part of the business. So I'm stepping out as the manager and managing this because I, I, I don't agree with what's happening, but I do understand the decision that you're making in the same place I may have made it as well. But the logistics side that has to book those flights that, and I have to pay the person who does that, book the flights, work with the promoters to get the artists there, that person's gotta be paid. And there's a flat fee for that. There's no negotiations, there's no 10, there's no 20%. There's a flat fee that has to be paid for that. That's right, okay, yeah. You know, uh, the comedians uh, talent uh, seem like they got a little simpler than uh, than these music artists. Man. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, you know what? So. Years, years ago, same thing. Uh, it it is, but it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the 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 difference, like years ago, uh, I met George Wallace at Catch a Rising Star, and I was complaining about going on so late, and he said. 
what you complain about? He says, you getting on at 11.30. He said, when I first started the business, I was getting on at 3 o'clock in the morning, only one person in the audience. He said, so you must be doing something right. So he told me one thing. He said, don't you sign nothing with nobody until the right people come along. And he said, you want to know when the right people come along. All right. And he was absolutely right. Number one, you don't want to be paying nobody for something that you could do. All right. Now, now, if, if Russell Simmons comes along, Tyler Perry comes along, those are the right people. All right. But when you're talking about Joe Schmo, you're talking about, oh, let me manage you. You're funny. And, you know, uh, no, no. Because, number one, you can get your own bookings. And, and with social media now, it's even more easier. Even more easy. You, you you don't need that. Why 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 give somebody you know that that ten percent or twenty percent when you, you can do it yourself? Now with mm -hmm. uh, singers, it's a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know because number one, you're talking about your your voice and your likeness. You know being uh, being on record albums, you know CDs or whatever. Um, Comedians do the same do the same thing, but not at the extent that the record labels do. Right. You know, not at not not that extent. Like you get a contract, uh very well known comedian, uh Dave Chappelle had got a contract when he was doing uh the Chappelle show. And it was saying that he could hit, you know, his name, his brand, his likeness could not be used within the whole known universe. That's why you won't see another Chappelle show, all right? Because number one, uh, the studio that created that show, they got his name, his likeness, his image, all that. You know, so that's a, you gotta you gotta watch what you sign. Now with um with 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 record labels, they don't go to that extent, all right. With uh, with your, your with your your name, your likeness, or whatever, you know. But then again, they do. Like in Prince's, it depends on the contract. It depends on the contract. Like like what Prince had to do. What Prince, you know, was using the, the artist formerly known as because he couldn't use his name, you know. Um, but before you do anything, you you really have to read those contracts. Um, one one of the most shrewdest people. In the business was Michael Jackson, very, very smart, very smart. You know, uh, I guess he learned that from Joe. <laughs> but, 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 but when he came to representing himself and uh, dealing with these contracts, he he was he was phenomenal. He was he was it, it, it was like him and I think Whitney Houston were like the only two people that were like guaranteed money up front. Because mm -hmm. that, number one, they, they knew they had that type of drawing power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's how many, how many Whitney Houston's or Michael Jackson's are there? Exactly. See, my thing is, my thing is, is, is people that are, you know, getting started, those that have gotten started, those who are treading water and those who are trying to make it to, to the next level. I believe that you, know, you can do this on your own. You know, you can you can try that, but I don't think that you need a team. Yeah, I, I, I'm just convinced you need a team. Now, 
if a person says, well, you know, I can do, I can do it myself. If it's working for you, then continue to do that. But one thing that I can tell you that a lot of executives don't want to deal with artists directly. They want to deal with someone that's impartial. That's someone that sits in between. They want to in between. They want to because the artist is emotionally attached, passion is attached, and they don't really understand it's personal. I've been told it's personal when it comes to dealing with negotiations with an artist. Mm -hmm. is so involved, and it's about them. With, with the record labels, this is just about business. It's about right. dollars and cents. If not you, it'll be the next person. They don't care who you exactly. are. As long as you're making them some money, next. You're giving them a hard time, next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it's the same with promoters as well. Yeah. Many big promoters, it is not about the artist. That's right. It is about filling butts in the seats. Yeah. Because, you, you know, and I give you an example. Chrisette Michelle and, and what had happened with Donald Trump and she lost a lot of fans. I still loved her music. It didn't change who she was. And I understood that she thought she was doing something right. And many times you're, you're just not going to hear everybody, but it doesn't take away from your talent, but it literally put her to a stop and a halt yeah. for yeah. what she did. And no promoters wanted to touch her. It's only within the last year or so that she, you know, she's been able to perform. And I think it's a shame that for many people, the audience make it personal. But the machines behind the artists, it's about the money. It's about the money. Now, is, where was her no advisors, ways about it. Where were her advisors at the time when she was offered to come to the white? Where, where you know what? I, I, yeah. I couldn't even say, I, I, I can only tell you what I have heard, which was people did say, this isn't something you should do. And she felt that this was a way to kind of bridge, you know, us and them kind of thing. Um, I remember seeing an interview where she talked about it and her intention was really to, to shine a light on that. We're still important. We're still here. Um, and, and try to bridge that gap. And then to hear her say she never even got to meet the president. She never, you know, they didn't even say hi to her. So they and bridged that facing, gap, all right. And then gap, facing, right. you know, her public, her fans, or you know, and, and dealing with the hatred that kind of came for that. It, it's everybody makes mistakes. The unfortunate thing is, as an artist, it's it's in the public, and everyone gets to see it. Yeah, but you know what? They told her. They told her to come through the back door, do your job, and get out of here. And get out of there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. And already knowing she was on, having man. a backlash from her fans, and then seeing that exactly what they told you was going to happen, happen. Um, that could be devastating because she didn't listen to her managers, to the people who advised her not to do this. And sometimes it's your ego above what is right for you because there's many a times you can tell an artist this isn't right for you this is with all my heart i'm telling you this is this is a bad thing yeah. but if their mind is set there is nothing you can say it's like hitting a brick wall and well, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and i've had that i've, I've yeah. told artists you know I, i've dealt with a lot of these promoters since 2000 when did i start working with naji 2000 2007 was it 2007? Yeah. I was a little earlier than that. No, 2007. Um, and a lot of the promoters, it's the same promoters every year, and I know who they are. And when I started working with uh, an artist, uh, 
that was really, his music was hitting number one. He was one of my first artists that I worked with, very talented. I told him, I'm shopping you to this promoter. I know who he is. He's going to try to call you directly. He already knows I manage you. He already knows who I am. Do not talk to him. Because if you do, you're not going to get what you deserve. Now, for a whole year, I was talking, I was grooming this promoter about this artist, you know, mm. telling him things, sending him links. He puts in the call to that artist. Does he call me? No. He calls the artist. Exactly what I said. And this artist didn't even tell me that this promoter called him. And he negotiated his own contract. Wow. I, and then got upset because the little bit that he got, he was supposed to bring his whole band. Well, I lost it because you pushed me in that kind of way. After I tell you these things, um, what ended up happening is that I actually ended the contract. I ended the management contract. Oh, I know and did. I said to him, I still want my money. Because <laughs> I'm I've been working on you for a whole year with this promoter. I want my money. But you're not ready for a manager yet. And so uh, before I really go off, let's end this relationship on a good note. And when you are ready to be truly managed, I hope you can find someone like me. And that was it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That does not surprise me because it happens all the time. All the time. All the That's time. the thing is the promoter will come to you and really try to lowball you into because you want to get on stage. And, and they'll say things like, nobody knows you on the West Coast. Nobody knows you on, in the Midwest. Nobody knows. But you knew him or her. <laughs> so obviously the music is out there somewhere because you knew them. Let's talk about this. How much is it going to take to you to go to Okadoki Maskoki or whatever state it is. How much is it going to cost to get the band there? How much is it cost going to get to you there? Can you pay your rent with this money that you're going to get after you pay those band fees, what they cost, all of that stuff? You can't even take home some money to put in the bank to say, okay, I got my rent paid. What are you doing that for? Why weren't you talking to your manager? Well, that's the point that I was making when I was making about these artists not wanting to give up this commission. Because that's what that's about. That's what it's about. It's not, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to give up anything. What you do to work, but they don't want to pay you. Yeah. It's not going to work. That is mm -hmm. not going to work. That has happened quite a few times. And I see that. And I don't blame you for dropping it like a hot potato. Keep oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a couple of times I've done that. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, I, and, and I put in a contract. 90 days, I can give you notice. I'm done. You know, but whatever I booked for you, I'm still entitled to that money. But let's leave on a good note. Even even talking time, to people early in their careers. Yeah. Early career, you don't really need a manager yet. That's you're right. Not really making any no. money. You're not really, you know, so you know, I'll give advice to new artists who have not gotten a package, have not gotten an, uh, a, a song out there, is not on the charts yet. Uh, and I'll gladly share what I know to, with them because you have to start telling these artists what the business is really like. And I'll tell them, the first thing I'll tell them is, you need a manager when you start getting calls. Not that you're calling them, but they're calling you. 
that's when you need to bring in a manager. There you go. There you go. Now listen, listen, listen. We are an hour into this already. An hour into the show. And I hope that anything that we've said, someone can uh, get some information from this because it's very important information, mm -hmm. especially for those uh, trying to break into entertainment career, regardless of whether you're a singer, uh, an actor, comedian, you dance, you're in, in sports, whatever you are. Bottom line, if you need a contract, don't just sign something because you want to be seen and heard and you think it's all about you. They don't care about you. They care about the money and what you can bring to the table in terms of that. Passion does not, does not make it. Nobody cares about your passion. Yeah, but you, yeah. your fans—they like singing. They love. They love to eat. There's things to get to before you even get to the point of having fans. You got to take care of your business. Yes. You have to take care of your business. Be a great manager, a great team, and you got to be open with business. Mm -hmm. This is not all about you. The great ones got there because they had a team and they recognized that they needed a team. I don't care. Like I played basketball all my life. There's five men on the court, not one. There's positions. There's a point guard, shooting guard, power, and then there's the uh, small forward. Right. I can do what small forward does. I can't do the center does. They can't do what point guard does. Right? Mm -hmm. But we work in unison. We work together as a team in order to get the double, to get that win, to get that check. That's what you got to do in business. I don't care what business you're in. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And for those of us who are not sports oriented, like me, <laughs> I put it in an easy way too. I said, think of yourself, think of your craft, think of what your talent is as a business. And that business is surrounded by people who know the business and they're, go they're there to protect you. They're there to make sure that you are represented in the best way and that your income brings in at a level that where you're at, that as you progress, so does your money. There you so go. There you, go. you have to have a team. That's there the only way to do it. That was there. Words of wisdom. Newcomers and people out here trying to make it. Well, one thing I'll say, I'll say to comedians, you know, um, remember that you are your own brand, and uh, there are a lot of comedians that are working, but nobody's seeing them. But you, what you want to do, you want to get yourself into a good showcase club. All right. Good showcase club. Uh, for instance, an example, uh, comedy in Harlem. That's a showcase club. All right. You want to try to get in there. Um, in, in any club that has a lineup of comedians on the regular, that's a showcase club. That's okay. what you want to get into. That's what the casting people are going to come to when they're looking for somebody for these sitcoms, these movies, these commercials. They're going to come to these showcase clubs. So try to get yourself in the showcase club. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, let me just shout out 50 years of hip hop, y'all. That's real important. Celebrate 50 years of hip hop, something that they thought could never last. Yeah. Still around. 50 years of hip hop, man. That's real, real big, you know? Real big, man. And um, hats off to all of the pioneers that do not get the notoriety, that do not get the money that started this thing and see what happened to them. A lot of them, you know, when you start something, sometimes you don't, a lot of times you don't benefit from uh, from the outcome. It's been 50 years, y'all, 50 years. And I can say this, that there are so many 
concerts all around the country. These guys better be taking advantage of this opportunity. All those hip hop artists, those rappers, DJs, better be taking advantage of the opportunity that they're getting from this 50 years of hip hop culture. We have a big show coming up in the Bronx, New York, August 11th at Yankee Stadium. That's big. Hip hop comes to Yankee Stadium. And LL Cool J just this past Saturday was in Forest Hills where they played tennis. And they celebrated another 50 years of the hip hop culture. So hats off to all of those pioneers, all those that represent that hip hop culture, to our communities on hip hop. It all started in the Boogie Down Bronx. Y'all know that. Y'all yep. know, everybody knows that. Big yep. shout out to my borough, my hometown, for the Boogie Down Bronx. Big shout out to that. And I remember back, I'm before, I'm before hip hop. And I tell them, I'm before hip hop. I was there before hip hop came along. We saw hip hop in its birth. What are they doing? We were still, we still rocking with the Temptations and, 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 and Barry White and, and, and Diana Ross and James Brown. Then hip hop come along and look where it's at today. Look where it's at today. Millionaires. Hip hop came from New York, period. New York City. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. DMC, LL Cool J, all of them. Hey. I know, I know you're from Queens. I, I, I get it. I get it. So you can have the hip hop we did. hip hop and funk and jazz. You know, yeah. that that's Queens. I'm just I give Queens they props, but you know what? I still tell you, without the BX, the Bronx, which we know him. That's right. New York Absolutely. City, hands down. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Boogie One on One Show. Catch our show every Saturday morning at Station Radio. Go to all the links that I talked about earlier, social media pages, Let's Nation Radio, Let's Boogie One on One Show, Let's Boogie Jones Show. Tattletales on Facebook. And then it's on Facebook. Check us out. Check us out. Tell a friend. We'll be here. If you have something interesting that you'd like to share, something that's going to uplift some more, some information that you want to get out, hit us up. Inbox me on Facebook. With that being said, it's, it's, it's been summer for me. I don't know about y'all. But I'm having a great time. It's been decent. It's been real decent. Degrees. I've got a big reunion coming up this Saturday in the Bronx, in the neighborhood that I'm talking about. And with that, we're going to sign off. Party words. Anybody wants to before we go? Live your best life. Live your best life. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're going to go out on this note. Always good. Yeah, this one. This is my man, Cool in the Gang. Summer Madness. Oh, yeah. WJON Radio. Our strength is in our music. This is the best one on one show. We'll see you on the next one, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, baby. Welcome to Miss Value. Thank you. <laughs>